All right, let's welcome in Rick Tockett, TNT hockey analyst, four-time Stanley Cup champion. All time, as we pull out more records and stats, mm-hmm. all-time leader in the Gordie Howe hat tricks. Did what you know that, JB? Stat. You know what? I only know it because last time we meant to ask him about it, we forgot. So no let's reason. welcome in Rick Talkett. Hey, Talk, how are you? Thanks for joining us. And when when did you discover that you were uh, the career leader in Gordie Howe hat tricks, i.e., for those of you that don't know, goal, assist, fight? Yeah. Hey, guys, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. I, I would say, like, honestly, like, later in my career, like, when I was when I was retired, you know, like years, you know, a few years later, it wasn't like, you know, I knew, you know, as I, you know, as my, as my career was going that, Hey, you know, you're, you're going for a record. I, I didn't even know about it until about two, three years after I was retired to be honest. Yeah. That's the truth. That, that is hilarious. And it's not like if you knew while you were still playing, you could go out there and go, yeah, I, I ain't going to break this record. Uh, I'm going to beat that guy up and I'm going to beat that guy up. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's the deal. It's, if you got to got to get the goal and assist first. The, the, yeah. Actually, the fight. You can find the fight. <laughs> <laughs> the goal and assist is the tough part. You know that after that is like, well, actually, actually after that you're probably like, oh man, do I really want to get in the fight? I got a goal and assist. Maybe I should try to get two goals. But no, <laughs> it, 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 it's actually just a, actually a natural thing. You know, usually some of those three-two hockey games you're in where it's a, you know you've had a good you know production-wise, but. It's it is an aggressive game. That's what usually happens. It, it, it you know it happens in usually. The, I can't remember a lot of those games were in the, the middle of the game. You know when the, the you know it wasn't like oh the start of the game or the end of the game. Sometimes it was like in the heat of the bat- battle where there was still a lot of hockey left when you got out of the box. Talk. We're all uh, obviously having discussions about what's going on with Austin Matthews right now. It's a historic season for him up here in Toronto. Uh, what are your thoughts watching him play right now? Is there any comparables for you from your era and the way that he's playing? Well, you know, it's just when you're on a roll and you're you're such a talented goal scorer. You know, and obviously everything's you know the pucks falling. But I got to give him a lot of credit. He, he's reading the, the he's reading the play so well. You know. Mm. He, He's he's not in too quick. He's not late. Uh, you know he's he's not a score. He's not afraid to play the inside. I mean a lot of a lot of these goals. He's coming in late for a rebound. He's getting dirty goals, and that's you know to score that many goals, you gotta you gotta find those type of goals, and he is. Uh, and it's actually a good thing for the Leafs because those are playoff type goals he's getting. Plus he's got you know he's got that terrific you know he's probably the best release in hockey. You know just the way he can disguise his shot. I, I like his shot through a screen. Like he's really good at that. Being able to change at the last second, the guy, you know, he puts a stick out there, but he, he changes the the angle and he lets it go so quickly. Those are you know, those are tough on a goalie. People think you know they should they should, you should stop those in the, you know the high slot. That's not true. Those are tough through a screen, and um, that's why he's so you know that's why he's so special. Hey, it's it's interesting you say that because I've had this conversation with others, and I I don't recall ever practicing or or training where we shot through people either. I e you know uh, a few inches off a guy's uh, left or right ankle or underneath his stick, but it's just so common. Now you've had you know much greater success at scoring goals at the National Hockey League level than I ever did. Do you recall? guys having any success you know shooting you know through a defenseman yeah you know what it's it's a great point because as the game has evolved the evolution of the game 
the, the, the way you, you practice, the way you use your skill. Um, players more than I know myself, you coach players, you know, you do the, you know, the, the fluff drills early to get the goalies warmed up. But you tell the players, you know, when you go down the wing, don't always go down the wing and take the shot. Like, like take, you know, three, four seconds to get the shot off, whatever. Go down, move in your feet, and then at the last second, you know, move the puck a little bit either way and then let it go. I mean, that's the skill of it. You might have to take – you might lose a bit of speed because you're doing that, but in the long run, you're getting a lot quicker and you've got a better chance of puck going in. You know, the goalie's got – you know, the goalie will see the, the, the ones all day where they can see it and, you know, they know where you're shooting the puck all day. But if you, if you disguise your shot and, you, and you're quick about it, uh, yeah, you'll lose velocity, but I think in the long run, and that's what these guys do. I mean, I remember Pitcher, Crosby, Malcolm, those guys practice changing directions of their shots all the time. Um, they have that imaginary defenseman. You know, the stick's there, I'll put it over here. You know, you can't always have a defenseman in front of you when you practice, but when you don't, just you know, move the puck here and there. And I, I think that's what Matthews does. I know he does. He, does, he trains a lot in the summer here in, in, in Arizona. And that's what they do all day. They shoot pucks all the way, and they change their angles, and, and they, they, you know, their wrists are phenomenal. Talk. You mentioned Malkin there. I have to ask you, you did you see the play on Borowiecki yeah. last night? What, what were your thoughts on that yeah. Malkin with a hearing for a cross check to his face? Yeah, it's funny. We did the game yesterday, the T, uh, and we had the TNT broadcast, and we all came to the conclusion three to five. Like uh, Don Kowarski was on, and Nick, you don't oh, yeah. remember Donnie? Yeah, he, he was on, the, and we all kind of. We I said three. Don kind of agreed with me. Said three to five. I think Anthony Carter said ten. I don't know where where you got that from. That's <laughs> a little ridiculous, but. I love Ace, but uh, that was a that was a tough one. But I think we all agree somewhere in the three to five area, uh, especially with Matthews. Got you know Matthews got two, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he got at least three games. That's Matthews with no history and Malkin with history, right? And also, you know, you know, it's like Wayne. Did, you know, Wayne said about this. The slash was a you know the, the slash was a good one too. That, that kind of started the whole ball wax. Uh, the whole thing started with that big slash. So yeah, it, it, you know, it's, uh, it's probably not the right time to lose Malkin right now. Penguins are trying to, you know, they're trying to solidify a good playoff spot um, and haven't been playing that great, but getting that win yesterday was big for him. Want to just uh, go back to a little bit of uh, what Austin Matthews is going through. And you of course uh, got a chance to live it with one of the greatest in history in, in Mario Lemieux. And while he was scoring, I guess, uh, 69 goals, uh, you and Kevin Stevens weren't too far off with your 50, and, and I think you were close to 50 that year. And how important was it uh, that, that defenders couldn't necessarily just think about uh, Mario being the, the only threat out here, and now I'm just starting to think about uh, you know Mitch Marner now being in a position to be a, a legit goal-scoring threat as well, but... How much easier was it for Mario having guys like you and Kevin Stevens there to, to fill the net as well? What do you remember the most about yeah, that, that year? That's a great point, Nick, especially you're talking about when you, you start getting to the playoffs time, you can strategize, you know, you can strategize against that line, right? So you're going to go, Hey, we got to be real tight against Matthew tight gaps. You know, whether we have F1 swings with them early in the neutral, we think, like, there's different strategies on a guy you can do. Um, and then you, you might have to overplay them at certain points of the game. But if your wingers are, uh, aren't contributing scoring because of that, then you're in trouble. Like, that's the key, what you just said, Marner. Um, because, you know, listen, whoever they play in their playoffs, they're going to they're gonna try to shut this guy down. You know, it's going to be hard, but you know, there's going to be a couple of guys on him. There's going to be a lot of double-ups. So whoever's going to get that puck, you're going to have a little more time and space. So 
I remember Leesville and Lemieux, me and Kevin, my, Kevin, myself, and I, we used to we used to get glorious chances because you know there'd be three guys on Mary. We'd basically be in front by ourselves. So there was there was opportunities left and right, and uh, you know, thank God we we contributed and, and scored. Um, because if you're not scoring and and, and they're doubling up on your your star player, you know, it could be it could you could be in trouble. So not to put more pressure on Marner or Bunting. Um, but they're going to get some really good looks, uh, especially in the playoffs, because of the, the tight checking on Matthews. Yeah, so if you're, if you're the coach and you're going into a series against the Toronto Maple Leafs, how would you go about trying to shut down Matthews? You mentioned double-ups, I assume, like in D-zone coverage, like have the center and the D, like everyone's paying extra attention to him. Um, you know, how, how do you game plan for an elite player like that? Yeah, well, neutral zone especially. Um, yeah. I'm a big believer in, 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 in establishing right away. Um, you know, you want to take a speed away. So, you know, I'm a big F1 swing on them and stay with them, and, and uh, you have to. And then in the, in the D zone, your D zone there in Toronto's offense, you know, when any times Matthews in the corner, uh, you double him up, and then one guy's got to stay with him. You can't both swing off on him. I mean, I know it's hockey one-on-one. Everybody always says the same thing, but it, you have to execute it. <clears throat> and you got to stay true to your system when you do that. Um, and, and you might give Bunting a little more time with the puck or, or a Mitch Marta, who's, you know, obviously he, he creates off his own time. He's, he's such a hell of a player. Um, but I think you have to give that up to take away those three extra slot shots that Matthews is going to get or those three chances that Matthews is going to get a game. You can probably take three of those away, but you're going to probably give up something on the other end, whether it's a point, you know, a good point shot or, you know, a, maybe a, a Bunting slot shot. Um uh, but I think that's what you have to do strategize. I mean, I'm taking away the 65 goal scorer all day long. So 10 games from now, who's got the best shot at doing this? Florida, Tampa Bay, Boston against Matthews? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's interesting because those are three really good teams. That I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they went far. Tampa's really struggling, um, but I think they're a team that can – slip on the uh, switch uh, to switch on pretty quickly. Um, Florida to me, their, their forwards are the best in the league. Their second story is incredible. The only thing is they give chances up. You know, you saw Florida play Toronto a couple of weeks ago and there was a Toronto got a bunch of goals and, 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 and chances. Uh, Boston's a little more structured um, and they, they're used to playing Matthews. Um, that's a tough one. Who would I want to think? Uh, maybe Tampa struggling, maybe them. Um, but Florida, for me, is a team, and, man, they score, but they, they, they do give chances the other way. Um, so it's a tough one, Nick. I mean, maybe Boston, because they've had the recipe against Toronto over the years. Yeah. Yeah, so if, if I were to take this, uh, you know, look, the playoff looks to the other side, to the west, um, we were talking a little bit earlier about Vegas and how they could potentially be a team that gets in and draws Edmonton in the first round. What are your thoughts on where the, the Golden Knights are? Is this a team that looks like they could be the team we thought they would be at the start of the season? Or are they sort of a team that's limping into postseason? It's tough to know what to make of the Vegas Golden Knights this year. I said this two weeks ago. If the Knights get in, nobody wants to play them. Like the top, the, the top dogs right. um, will not want to play them. Um, if, I love their D. When their D is healthy, Martinez and Petrangelo and McNabb and, and, and Theodore, you, you go down the list. You know, White Cloud, that's a good decor. If the goaltender, if Leonard, you know, if he can hold the fort, um, you know, they get maybe one or two of those those really good forwards they have, but they can, you know, they, they got enough scoring, I think, 
right now, to me, it's I think their defense, if they're healthy and they get in, uh, I wouldn't. If you're a top team, it's not. An, it's an, that's not an easy uh, series. That's, that's going to be a tough series. I'll guarantee you that. Hey, Doc, as a, a former head coach in the National Hockey League, we're looking at, uh, we'll go back to the East for a second and use them for an yeah. example. Very very seldom have we ever seen uh, teams establish their playoff spot in November. Um, but saying that, whether you're yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs or any other team, if you've had this playoff position forever, how would you approach your last 10 games and what objectively you'd want to get out of it. And, you know, more, maybe even more specifically the Leafs with Austin Matthews, this guy's chasing history. How high can the number go? And where's that fine line between getting ready for game one and maxing out what you need to do the last 10 games? Yeah, I think Nick, this is where the head coaches make their money. Listen, this is where, there's per- certain parts of the season where a head coach really has to be dialed in, and these last ten games are it for me for a head coach because you got you know you know you sort of you know, most teams have solidified they're 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 going to make the playoffs. Yeah, some teams can jump each other, and, and obviously, you know that that that'll make a difference who you play. I get it, but to me, it's it's the, how much do you practice? How much time do I give guys off? You know, uh, can I? Can I can I back uh, some load off this one of our star players? Can I play the? Can I squeeze in uh, the backup goalie a couple of games to make sure that our starting goalie is getting in a rhythm right before? Um, do, when do I start to mimic the playoffs? You know, the, the day today's schedule. Usually practices are a little bit later. You know, things are a little bit different uh, start of the playoffs. So can you mimic those? Um, it's funny. I was talking to Craig Groove the other day, and we were talking about that, like. That's the hard part because everybody wants the finish line, but nobody wants to play the 10 games. Like, and I mean, nobody wants to play them right. the right way. You know, you want to play the game the right way, but everybody's like, Hey man, let's just, let's get to the playoffs. So the hardest part is not getting antsy and, and going through the process. And then, like I said, trying to tweak, you know, your practices, you know, do, you know, what, 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 you know, what's our theme at practice do, you know, do we back off on, and do we give, can we give a team two days off if, if the schedule allows it, you can't be afraid as a, a coach to be able to give, Hey, let's keep these guys off the ice for two days because in the long run, this is going to help us. So I think this is where the coaches make their money right now. Is, is there a, is there a chance that Sheldon Keefe could piss off Austin Matthews by suggesting he take a night off uh, chasing a historic number? Well, you know, I think that's from the player. I mean, as a coach, I would never, you know, a guy that's had a magical season and, he, and he's and he's breaking left, records left and right. Um, I think that comes from the player, uh, you know, where, you know, hey, listen, you know, you, you know, you're in the game, you know, sometimes the game's well in hand or the game's going along and you're playing a four, your four lines and things are going well. Um, you can tell if the player's antsy and he wants out there and he wants to break for records, but I don't know if, you know, I don't know if Austin's just all about records. I mean, he's already, you know, he's already accomplished a lot in Toronto, right, uh, with goals and assists. What he hasn't done is, is won in the playoffs. And I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying. So I think if you go to the Sidney Crosby model, you know, you know, Sid got his 500 goal about a month ago. But if he wanted to cheat the game, he could have 600 goals. No question by now. He probably wouldn't have three Stanley Cups. That's the thing. So I, I think for me, knowing Austin a little bit that I do know him, I think North to me it's it's a team thing. And these next ten days uh, games are always obviously about the Leafs playing the right way, like they have been lately. 
Hey, talk. You know, I was on uh, Keith's staff in the American League and saw him prepare for playoffs. And, um, you know, one of the things that he did was took some practice times and put them at 7 p.m., you know, so the guys could have like a morning skate and kind of get used to this sort of like get used to a rhythm of the, the postseason. Now, that's sort of a, a weird thing to do. When you were with the Penguins or any other teams, did you guys do anything different outside of the regular season routine? I know some teams will stay in a hotel. You know, what sort of things will teams do to, to sort of get teams ready for the postseason? Yeah, I love that that he does that. I, I I think you can do that. I think you do later practices. You mimic the playoff thing. You 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 know you got your team's got to be able to not some days. Let's not have a practice on Tuesday. We know about game Wednesday because it's going to happen in the playoffs. We, you, you're not going to go on the ice the day, the day before a game. Mm-hmm. So can you get used to just playing? Hey, without a practice the day before, you know, which you know teams are used to it through the year. Sometimes to do it, but. I would do that down the stretch, you know, being able to play without you know, some, some players like, Oh man, I got to practice the day before it's in their head. But um, I think the whole team's got to, you know, have a mindset. We're going to have to do this every once in a while. Um, yeah. We did that in Pittsburgh. We, we also stayed overnight a lot. Like I remember we played in the regular season, in Washington, which is, you know, it's a, it's an hour and a half flight. I think to Pitt or it's, it's a short flight, but it, it's a long process to get on the plane. And I remember we, we get in at two 30 and, I remember Sully wanted the team to stay over to get their sleep, and and the leaders, you know, they all bought in. Um, so we stayed overnight in Washington and and some other cities where you usually come home, uh, because we wanted to make sure the guys got their sleep and you know guys didn't get home at two, three, four in the morning. So that we that's something that we did in Pittsburgh. And obviously, um, you know, the meetings were a little bit different. You know, we we we, we less meetings, but more quality and more individual meetings and and uh, smaller meetings near the end too. We tried not to get too much because, you know, in the playoffs, you're always with a team, a lot of team meetings. So we tried to dummy it down to more smaller group meetings uh, the last kind of month, the last two weeks of the season. Hey, Talk, we really appreciate your time, man. And uh, always nice having the all-time uh, Gordie Howe hat-trick leader on our show. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I appreciate that, guys. Take care. Thanks, Talk. Rick Talkett. Um, just reminds me of... Uh, Blowing the 3-1 lead the year we played against Vancouver and full panic coming home for game seven and Keenan telling everybody we're going to go to Lake Placid. We're not going home. Too many distractions for game seven. And uh, <laughs> Mark Messier goes, uh, no, we're going home. Yeah, We're going to our house, we're going to our beds. Let's not home. overthink this, right? Let's not overthink this. Well, that's you do run the risk of being like, Oh, it's the playoffs. We need to do, you know, it's different. It's like, no, no, it's still just hockey. Don't, there, don't ever there lose is a, your heads. Yeah, it, I guess it's the way it's presented to you and, you know, the vibe that you get off of it. But there could be uh, a, a drastic uh, sense of change could also mean uh, a, a sense of panic, mm-hmm. right? So right. that's the last thing you want. So whether it was, you know, Can't Mark Messi and Kevin Lowe saying, no, guys, listen, it's worked for us. We've gone home. Get a good night's rest in our own beds, wake mm-hmm. up to our families, and go win a Stanley Cup. I, I guess it totally depends. The whole stay at a hotel thing for me always seemed like such a turnoff. Like I was, I hate being in a hotel. We travel all year long. We're finally at home. You know, the Islanders used to do that. I think a lot of teams still will sometimes go to a hotel at home. And I, it, it, I've always hated it. And now I have kids, and you know, they're five and they're two. And if you could put me in a hotel for a game day nap or have me at home, I'd yeah. go to the hotel every damn time. Yeah. Until you get the worst mattress in your life. Right. 
Right. So I guess it's, could you put the family in the hotel? (laughs) 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 My wife and kids in the hotel. Uh, You know, you got to, he's got to find a way to get comfortable, get your rest, I guess. We shall see. So uh, who's the all-time, who's second on the all-time list for uh, Gordie Howe hat tricks? Uh, The president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Bingo. Whoa, what a call. Did you just know that? My era. Big stats guy. My era. Yeah. Love stats. Yeah. Hey. Who else would be up there in that list? Do you have a more? Yeah, than- I got it in front of me. It's uh, Brian Sutter, 17. Yeah. Uh, Wilf Payment. Am mm-hmm. I saying that right? Sure. Yeah. 16. Cam Neely, 12. Yeah. Aginla, 11. Kachuk, 10. Mm-hmm. Gerard Gallant, 10. Al Secord, 10. Paul Coffey, 9. So there you go. I wouldn't have guessed That's Paul Coffey. That's one nine name fights. I would never no. have guessed. No, I know. He probably had, list. what, 15 career fights or something? Yeah, I probably just had a goal and assist a lot. Every game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So That's I'm surprised that Gretz isn't on yeah. the list. Yeah. Have one and so, one every game. Yeah. Malkin. Uh, Rick Tockett threw out the three, four, five game suspension. Yeah, That's yeah. high for me. Well, you mentioned history, though. Yes. What, what is his suspension history? I don't exactly know. He's got, I just know he's been in trouble with the law before. Yes. <laughs> right? He's, he's had a, sh- uh, a short fuse in the past, and I think that uh, he's probably had a, a few – comparable looks yeah he got suspended for high sticking in 20 february of 2019 um i think he's been fined a number of times too but yeah so gets his mitts up and borvietsky and borvietsky to his credit didn't even go down just took the broken schnoz or whatever it was just went, oh that was inconvenient that guy's tough as nails though yeah i he's one of those guys i want to, i want him to stop playing because I, I worry about him like i just don't want to see him get hurt anymore he takes so much abuse. But, yeah, I thought I thought it was a, a two-gamer, but given the history, I'll give him three. That's my final ruling. Any contentions? No? Three. Three's okay? Three works. Okay. Three works. Sammy? Yeah. 5K fine. Doesn't play for the Leafs. Now, <laughs> the, the, other, <laughs> the, the other sense on the weekend was preferential treatment, i.e. Crosby. Uh, playing against Washington. Took a swing at uh, Nick Dowd, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And uh, everybody's wanting the uh, two-game suspension. Did you get a good look at the whack? Yeah. I mean, Crosby's a... Suspendable act or roughing? I don't know. Crosby's above the law. Let me take one more. To me. You know, I kind of do feel... I know that's not true. It's got to be really No, it's not suspendable. Not suspendable. When the Leafs played the Penguins this year, we had the game, so I was down there. And obviously, I'm keeping a very close eye on Sid the entire time he's on the ice, one of the greatest players of all time. It's a treat to get to watch him. He gets away with murder every game. Like, that game... Sid? Sid was hacking people inside the legs, cross-checks, digging. You know what? The other greats, like Matthews and crew, are going to learn to protect themselves in the same way from the onslaught. He looks like no fun to play against. Just hard on you the entire time you have the puck. Like, he just really, he just feels like he's above the law. Wait till the good people see uh, Real Kipper and Born on YouTube next season when we're able to intersperse highlights into this. Because I would love to show this Crosby shot. Because it, it's it's a, he pats him. He it's just, a punch in the face. He, he's a punch in the face. And, and Nick tried to sell it big time. Uh, whip, right? the head whip. He knows exactly who threw that punch. <laughs> yeah. He's not going down so like that. So let me just over. The man. He can do no wrong in my eyes. Stud. Let, let me yeah. just over-exaggerate this yeah. just a tad here. It's actually funny. Larry Brooks, the uh, New York writer, 
put on Twitter today, like 1050, like no suspension for Malkin, just another, uh, you know, example of the Penguins getting pre- preferential treatment from the league. And there's a tweet like five minutes later from the league, like Malkin supplemental discipline. But people do believe the Penguins get preferential treatment. I mean, I, I don't. Sam well, does. I know he thinks the lottery was rigged for yeah. them to get Crosby. Come on. No, I think they're, the they're, one for, well, not. There, there is a sense that these guys have to really go above and beyond to get. To, yeah. It's. Can I just 50, say 50, 50 I, will go in their favor. It has to be very yes, obvious. People pay that people pay to go see them. Thank you. They do. They've earned that. They've actually earned 51-49. It has to go 52-48. They have to go a little bit above and beyond because they're more important to the NHL. And Sorry, and everyone who isn't. And I'll say this about Sid. He is, IQ is so high. He knows the he knows difference between 50-50 and 60-40. He does. 55-45. That's why he can pet Nick Dowd's nose with his glove. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then go on. Nick Dowd should have been yeah. standing there. Like Nick. Should, right? Get out of there. Get out of the way. Like, Sid's trying to move You don't belong on the ice with Sid. Get out of his way. <laughs> Let me give you a little bit of a history lesson on how this game is played. This relationship. And how Stanley Cups are won. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember, you know, in, in the playoffs, he and Sid whack guys. Remember him and Giroux going at it all those years? Like, those guys were nasty. And he has got no problem uh, fighting his own battles. Yeah. He is not looking over his shoulder for anybody to come in and bail him. He is handling it himself. I was worried for years he'd be a guy that concussions were going right? to take his career like, from him. There was a point where it was like, are like, we going to get to know what he could have been? You know? And we found out. There's a guy like Trevor Zegris who really should pay attention to Sid. As I say this, uh, what's the watch list on the Michigan play? Are we every time there's a Michigan play, it, does it lead all sports highlights? That's special. I, I got Michigan I, fatigue. So he, <laughs> Have you yeah. got Michigan I, fatigue? You know what I compare it to? I compare it to the outdoor games. It was cool when it started. But now it just like happens every game, and I'm just bored of it. You know, it's like it's fun for the fans who are there. But listen, he he, he is such a talented guy, and God, he's you sick. can get the creativity by watching him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the three sixty pass the, to the Terry, dish, yeah, was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, Sam, how about comparing it to a Duncan basketball, or, where it's like that's awesome, it happens, it can happen every game and still be cool, still makes the highlights. But yeah, uh, so. Here's my uh, contention to all your griping about it pre-show is, is just that it's really effective. This guy is not using it like 30 times a game and not having success with it. He's creating opportunities. The one he pulled off the other night was a great scoring chance. He created out of nothing. So, yeah, I don't know. It's working. But it's just, to Sam's point, uh, it, it's... It's not as special. That's it. Like, it it's, is, it's an effective play. I don't right. mind it. It like, is I'm still not... sucking a lot of oxygen up. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, you've also got Pat Verbeek as a general manager now, and my understanding was they had a very good heart-to-heart talk. Oh, yeah? Uh, Zegris and, and Pat Verbeek. I'm guessing about how Zegris I, handled the interview yes, about Beagle? all of it. All of it. And, you know, calling out the league and uh, the whole embarrassing thing. And I think the gist of the conversation was that we want people talking about, you know, Anaheim Ducks and not turning it into a bit of a sideshow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
So the Anaheim Ducks have not, and Trevor Zegers have not had a chance to be competitive yet. You know, rookie in the league. They, they, I know they had a decent start to the year or whatever. We don't know where this guy's career is going to go. I'm fascinated to see if he can use this skill in a manner which helps propel a, a good team. Like, can he be a top-line yeah. guy in the postseason? I, I, listen, you're allowed to pick the puck up in the postseason, yeah. too, if he can use it as an effective play. That's the next step for him, and I think this is what you're getting 100%. at. Becoming a hockey yes. player in That's those right. hotly contested games, That's games right. that matter. Like we want, you know, we want to get to the place where people are talking about the Anaheim Ducks and and what a great team they are, not just another attempt at a Michigan. Right. Which doesn't mean stop it. Right. Which doesn't mean don't use your creativity, but it does mean that Eyes on the this, road is, here. this is not what we just want to be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's super and, healthy. And I think that's fair. That's a very fair thing to say. Like I am, but let me clarify if he scores a goal and it doesn't matter how it goes in the net, crosses the line, if he's going to do it on the yeah. Michigan or he's going to bang one in in front of the net, a goal is a goal. But just whatever. Bored of it now. Come up with something new. <laughs> how about a through the legs, Michigan? What something else. Says, for me lately. says the guy who puts a camera on and a I beer do it. Game. Come on. Just in case there's an Instagram oh, moment. The worst thing that could happen is uh, you being associated right. with the guy doing it. Yeah. Sammy, Sam as, the... as, as a oh, leader of your beer league team and the number one celebrity, oh, like, use your leadership skills now use to say, hey, boys, good, evil. We, we need a little bit of a meeting here. <laughs> a little team meeting? A little team meeting. Yeah, we'll do it in the parking lot after the game. All right. So we got Buffalo coming in tomorrow mm-hmm. against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We also have an Owen Power sighting. First National Hockey League game. Yeah. Six foot six defenseman that I think almost immediately is a needle mover for the the Buffalo Sabres. I'm excited about the Sabres. I know these end of season runs get people's hopes up. In the past, I haven't believed in a lot of teams in their end of season runs. I like what's happening there. I like Dylan Cousins. I think Rasmus Dahlin has taken a step. I think Owen Power is a huge addition. Tage Thompson's a hockey player. Like there's, you know... They're, they're getting there. Right? It's tough yeah. to dig out of the depths of the league, but Owen Power to me feels like a Victor Hedman build your team around pillar. I was going to say, he's a franchise changer. Yeah. But that size of a guy that comes in and plays the way he does and the range he has, that's a guy that you compare with uh, Dalene there, and you're like, holy holy crap, we got a real top pair here. This is a couple guys that can really take us to the kind of yeah. where we want to go. I think it's a... Uh... A nice opportunity in these last 10 games to really see what you have with them and how quickly you can maybe even accelerate what can happen in the next few years. Like, this is the way I see it if I'm Kevin Adams. I get this guy on an entry-level contract who instantly is in my top four who could be very quickly... A one or two. He's playing 20 minutes right? tomorrow. So I want to take advantage of the fact that I only have to pay him uh, a million or a million four with bonuses or whatever it is because this guy in a very short period of time will go become uh, a seven, eight, or nine million dollar defenseman mm-hmm. depending on, you know, how much I love him, right? How much that, I, yeah. I want him to feel good. Uh, and, and Thomas Shabbat signed what? Eight, eight times eight, eight times eight when he was an RFA out of his coming, entry level coming out of his entry. So 
is get more than why, that. Why wouldn't I take advantage of the fact that he is on a on an entry level contract when when he's acting maybe as quickly as in in a year as a seven or eight or nine million dollar defenseman? Can he be that good? Yeah. Can we find that out in ten games where that bar is for him? Mm-hmm. So. You know how? I guess how quickly do you sign him to that deal? There, there's some different schools of thought on on whether you know burning this year is a good thing or not. I think probably it is. Right, you get the chance to lock him up, hopefully cheaper before he has the big year. I don't know. I, I'm just hopeful for Buffalo that this this works. Nice out. that he wants to come to play with them. What's that? <laughs> oh man! What a concept, right? But he, you don't Less think pressure. it was hard for him to say uh, when was the last time a first pick overall didn't show up in September. Like that's, that took some balls too. For sure. Well, I mean, maybe he saw the roster. I get it. He wanted to play the senior. You got to go to the Olympics. So when they got to do that, like there was, he got, he got some experiences there. Now it's college season's over. He's going to play there. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Big, big <laughs> pressure here. I play in the Leafs in your first NHL game. Hometown. I mean, yeah. This is, this is a big deal. Um, it's going to be, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter if he plays well or he plays like crap. Right? Probably experience world juniors and Olympics now. He'll be fine. He's played some moments. He's, he's had is, some good moments. Uh, not playing, against, pressure. playing against the, the best goal scorer in Leafs history, Mitch Marner at the moment, when they're playing the best they ever have, it's probably not the first <laughs> NHL experience you want. <laughs> but we'll I, see. You almost hope you get cooked so you have that welcome to the NHL moment, honestly. Yeah. Anyway. And he can say it, you know, and then they ask him that 10 years down the road when he's a star. What was your NHL? Welcome to the NHL moment. Oh, I got to play Marner and Matthews in my first shift. Right. They shot one in the net. Uh, only we got, I think, as many as 14 games tomorrow night, but just one tonight. Winnipeg and Montreal. Is, am, I, yep. am I right? Yeah. And I have uh, aggressively bet on that one. You know why? The Winnipeg Jets are probably at that point where they've convinced themselves anything can happen, boys. It still matters. I don't believe they've quit yet. And the Jets are uh, minus 125. So I, I am betting on the Jets to to, to beat Montreal. Yeah. Seems pretty safe, I'm isn't it? betting on big changes in the offseason with the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. I'm betting on me watching the Jays game tonight. I'm <laughs> betting on Marshall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, that, one's gonna, that one's friends and family only, <laughs> do, I do, think. Do not expect a, a heavy review of Jets Canadians on this I, show tomorrow. I, I hope you're not working it. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, oh, no. I'm all Jays tonight. Okay, you're yeah. all Jays tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, because I want people watching you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I think that's, do we have that one tonight? Yeah, anyway. The uh, the Jets, Shifley's shoulder looked like he's uh, smashed up and. He got smoked. He did. He just he, got ran into very hard. Yeah. Tough um, and moved. Have you ever been hurt right at the end of the season? Screws up your off-season training? Just the worst. Golf season just ruined. Oh. You don't. Uh, t- you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but like that's the first thing that went through his mind. Shifley. No, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, because he's a great golfer. No, golf season's a thing for sure. And like he gets hit at ten games left. That's the first thing that crosses Doesn't his mind. Sound like Lowry's uh, David Lowry's going to be back no. as head coach. Okay, like, that makes sense. Didn't can, go can it still, awesome. Can it still work, father, coaching son in hey. the NHL? I don't. I, Lowry's Adam, Adam Lowry's been very good. Like I, I know. I know people He's hate it, minor good. minor hockey. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know what? Can, has anyone talked to Paul Maurice? Can we call this man? Is he around? Like, I, the, the guy? I the think guy. he's looking back on, yeah, I made the right decision. You know what I think? Or, I think he knew. 
I think he knew. That his team wasn't good enough. I think he knew exactly where this team was going to finish, whether he was there or not. It's a great point. Smart you know? guy. Yeah. He, he gets it. Like, he knows. I, I think that's a great point. You just squeeze yeah, all the juice out two, of it. Two sides to that point. I, Paul Maurice doesn't strike me as a guy that just up and quits on his team necessarily. So I think there's a few well, different maybe he angles was, to it. He was giving them a fresh start. Maybe someone else could help them. Maybe he looked at it and said, I maybe. can't do anything more with this. Maybe someone else can. It's like maybe. giving someone else a Rubik's Cube when you're stuck with it. I don't know. You see anything here? Uh, I'm stuck. Quick minute here. Vegas catch Kings. Yeah. So Vegas, I, I've been beating this drum, but they're getting in. They're getting in because one of Nashville, Dallas, or L.A. is going to stumble down the stretch. They are two points behind L.A., two points behind Dallas, three points behind Nashville. They are rolling seven and three in their last ten. All right. I I, I cannot mention uh, Vegas without uh, sending well wishes to my good friend Darren Millard, who was in a bike accident and uh, uh, spent a couple of nights in in the hospital. Uh, Everything's pointing to the direction. Thank thank God that... uh, He'll get a full recovery. Um, so saying that, um, I can tell him then um, better to keep the training wheels on yeah. when you come back. <laughs> yeah, I'm not um, going to make a joke because I. Well, but I know your full, voice. I know as your long, voice. He's my guy. As long as it's a full recovery, I'm going to start hammering him a little there bit you go. on it. No, but it sounds uh, like thank, he's doing thank goodness he's he's doing well. And Darren, by chance, if you're listening, uh, uh, we're thinking of you, pal. Absolutely. Um, and then that's it for bets tonight. So we'll, we'll we'll have someone to talk Leaf Sabers tomorrow night on here. All right, another quick couple hours, guys. Bang, bang. Lots of fun tomorrow. We'll uh, we'll talk more about the Buffalo Toronto Maple Leaf matchup. How far can Austin Matthews go? Eight hundred goals. Ten games to go. It's a little bit of time. Some meat on the bone. Things to get done. Stay healthy. But it'll sneak up on all of us. Our thanks to Rick Talkett. And Jim Ralph. Thank you for joining us. We're right back here tomorrow on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Wherever you download your podcast, give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. All right, and hit the like button. Sammy likes that a lot. We are over and out. See you tomorrow.